welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. I'm Paul, and I apparently just play games on my phone lately. Uh, I'm Kevin, and uh, I don't play games on my phone at all. And this is Potter, and I seriously have a problem, and I need help, you guys. What's your problem, sir? I, I buy way too many models. That's not a problem. I, don't, I fail to see where this is a problem, sir. <laughs> my my wallet disagrees. Well, that's a you part of the problem. <laughs> I did say that I had a problem. Yeah, well, yeah, but it it's not a problem for me. Well, I think that leads us into hobby progress. Potter, what's your hobby progress been? It sounds like you've been buying some models. Uh, I have been buying some models. I have uh, I have finished building my 300 point Pan-Oceana Infinity Army and like a delinquent. I was like, oh, this uh, this Operation Red Veil looks really cool. I'm interested in Eugene. Hey, Paul, do you want to split it? And now I have a 300 point Eugene Army. All right. Yeah, well, so, I kind of have that problem too. Yeah, so I have because, a problem. Because um, apparently I have three... Uh, infinity factions somehow some way i don't understand what happened I, yeah because was... you have you have both sides of uh uh wild fire right yes i have both the o12 and the shazvasti and i had already had the other uh combined uh onyx force and uh now i picked up that hawk islam side from potter so I can I can legitimately field three different infinity armies at three hundred points. Oh, I don't know how that happened. I didn't want that to happen. I oh did. man, it's crazy. You guys are you guys are both further in than me. I have uh, I've been shut up, chops. That's mean. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been sticking just with Shazvasti. I have my O twelve stuff from my side of the box, but. It's really not kitted out as much as the Shazvasti, which I've been buying everything for. And as far as hobby progress goes, uh, I've got the seven Shazvasti models from uh, Operation Wildfire painted, uh, plus one additional model that wasn't in the box. It's a uh, Cadmus with an EI hacking device, which is a cool model. And then uh, also I test painted a 012 model, just a white armor color scheme, which looked pretty cool. Uh, and then also I picked up the new Crisis Protocol releases and I got some paint on Thor. He's not done, but he is in progress. And I've been painting for Star Breach. So it's been a busy couple of painting weeks for me. Jeez, I need to get moving on some painting stuff because I got my next Chain of Command game coming up and I am not prepared. Well, you gotta get on it. Yeah, you are a, you are a painting fool, man. Yeah, I mean, I, my, my model output hasn't been high. It's really been like maybe a model or two a week. Um, but just consistently, a model or two a week has been putting me up there. Maybe two to three models a week, actually. Never mind. I've been painting a lot. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I was about to say, it was like consistency is key, though. So you yeah. got that down. Yeah. Uh, you guys been playing any games? I got, I think, one more game of Infinity in since... We've talked last. Um, I tried to get an MCP game in with my kids this weekend, but they just did not seem very interested in it for whatever reason. So I was trying to try to play that, but they weren't having it. I know how that goes. I've been only doing demos. I haven't played a like solid game of uh, MCP where I get to pick my force against another player that's picking their force from their models in a long time. I've just been doing demos. I've been that guy. Um so I know what that's like. I played a couple of games of Star Breach, though. The game is really cool. I think we'll probably come back and do a revisit once you guys have both played it. We can talk about our opinions about the game. Um, I like it a lot. I mean, I like a lot of games, but I like Star Breach. I think that's going to stay in my catalog for a while just because it's easy to play and cheap. Yeah, we had a, a guy local here doing some demos at one of the, the local gaming stores. I wish I could have made it out for I'm sure you'll get some in, man. Like you can easily play with your Pano models. So. Oh yeah. I'm I mean, sure. I still have, and I still have some 40k models that I haven't gotten, you know, burned yet. So. Yeah, you can take some of your Black Templars. 
Yeah, I, I like over the past couple, past two or three weeks or so, I kind of slowed down and took it a little easy on the whole gaming thing. So I, 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 uh, I don't have much to say as far as what I played. Because I had a, a, well, I don't know if we talked since then, but I had the weekend where I went and played another round of Chain of Command and Infinity all in one uh, on the same yeah, day. So. I, I think we did talk about that. Okay. Yeah, because that, that was a busy day. So And then I kind of said I need a break, so I've been taking a bit of a break. That's all right, man. Everybody needs a break here and there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it happened. Yeah, we should get into our main topic, which we talked about a lot and then half mentioned a lot already in this episode, and that is Corvus Belli's Infinity. Uh, so the three of us yep. have all been playing it, and this is the first time this has happened in a while. We don't often all line up and all play the same game at the same time. I mean, I guess we did with Crisis Protocol, but I don't think all three of us have enjoyed a game as much as we're all three enjoying Infinity right now. Is that a correct statement? I think uh, yep. I think the beginning of A Song of Ice and Fire yep. was the last time. I think I know Paul jumped off there at the at the end, but when we first all started playing it, and I that's think a we while were all very ago, much man. hype on it. And that was that. That was a while ago. That's it's been Six, quite. A, it's months. been it's been since yeah, the last at least. Oh, yeah, maybe even close to yeah. a year. Yeah. Yeah, and that. So it's and, been about a year. And yeah. that's with like, and that's with like full on painting and and you know keep playing multiple games week in week right, out. So, yeah, so it's been it's been a long time since, and and that was probably the first time that we've actually all hit on yep. something like that. All right, so let's talk about it. I've, uh, I've got some stuff to get out of the way. The first thing I'm going to get out of the way is anybody who's listening who plays a lot of Infinity and has been playing for years, uh, please go easy on us. We're new. Uh, there's a <laughs> lot. Uh, and like myself, I'm, I'm yeah, like three is. to four weeks of deep diving into this world, and I've played a handful of games. Uh, and I think I speak for my other two co-hosts when I say they're in similar boats. So as we go through this overview, we're not going to get into the nitty gritty and you're going to be waving your fist at the air of stuff that we missed. And I just want to apologize ahead of time. Uh, but what we're going to do is talk about what we like about the game. We'll break the game down very similarly to the way that we broke down Chain of Command. Uh, I've got a similar structure written down for us to talk about the game. And we'll just go into the stuff that we like and give the game like the 30,000 foot flyover. Yeah, so. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. Sound good? Yeah. Yep. Let's do it. All right, cool. So let's let's dive in uh, and get right into the core mechanic of the game. So uh, unlike, I think, almost any other war games out there, barring Frostgrave, uh, Infinity is a D20-based uh, resolution system game. So all, all your dice checks are based on D20 math, which is wild and swingy and fascinating and fun. Um, how do you guys feel about the, the core mechanic before we talk about exactly how it works? I like, I like the modification system that they put into it. Um, it's, it's been a big adjustment of rolling D twenties cause I'm not, it's just, it's not something I'm used to. I'm not, I don't come from an RPG background. I've, you know, I've played D and D maybe once or twice. So like rolling non-standard six sided kind of dice, I think Legion was my first, uh, go at it and then you know so it's it's still something i'm not f familiar with and but i do like the way that they put in the modifications for your terrain for your distance and things like that it makes it very simple uh for me to understand everything's just a very base minus three you know it's your minus three at the range your minus three for the cover your minus three for this you know it, it's good it, it's it's simple and i think it's got a good curve to it with that minus three built in yeah, minus three, minus six, plus three, plus six. Right. right. Yep. yep. Um, now and even like breaking it down simpler. So I'll, we'll talk about the core mechanic. The, for, the core mechanic is called the face-to-face roll, uh, because most roles in the game are opposed. There are some non-opposed roles when you're doing things like interacting with objectives, or trying to uh, hack against your own stuff or, or use programs on your own stuff. Um. But for the most part, it's their opposed roles. Uh, and the way that it works is your characters have a stat line and your stats are on a, for, you know, outside of 
the exception of close combat, generally the one to 20, right? And usually in the like nine to 14 range is where most stats, like that's the good, bad to good range is like eight, eight or so to 14 or so. Uh, and how it works when you roll a die is you roll the D20 and it's like bingo rules. You're trying to get up to your number, but not above it. Uh, everything under your number is good. So if your ballistic skill is 13 and you're rolling on 13, everything under 13 is good. 13 itself is great. And anything above 13 is a miss. Uh, and then as your opponent rolls, they're rolling against their skill. So if you're rolling and they also have a 13 as they're opposed, you guys are both looking for 13s and higher results on dice cancel out lower results. Um, so it's very easy once you even roll a big shit pile of dice to figure out exactly which dice count for hits and which ones don't. Yeah, the, the only exception to that is armor. Armor, you have to get above the number you're looking for. That's the only exception to the rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. That outside of the face-to-face, -face, right? When you when you take your armor rolls, you want it to be above your armor rating. Yeah, but for the most part, it for the most part it's bingo rules. You're going for your target number uh and under. Price and when is you go right, above it, Kevin, you're busted. Price is right. <laughs> sure price is right whatever pick your metaphor that's right new to your dogs and cats uh so yeah and and the way that it, and then that's how you roll right so if you're uh shooting at each other and you're like let's say you're both for whatever reason on burst three maybe you're firing a gun and somebody has uh the ability to fire back with their full burst and you both roll three dice you're basically looking for the people you're looking for the rolls that are above your opponent's rolls and those are the ones that are going to count um and then if you hit your number that's a crit and it does extra bad stuff to your opponent all right so that's uh that's the dice mechanic now, the next thing to talk about is the activation style. Uh, Longtime listeners will know that um, for the most part, the three of us aren't in love with Igo Yugo systems anymore. Uh, it, they generally feel pretty antiquated to move your full force and then I move my full force without you having getting to do anything in return. Um, but I think that Infinity probably has one of the best answers to the I go, you go problem, um, which is the ARO. Does one of you guys want to talk about AROs? Yeah, I think uh, yes. Chris does. Yeah, I do. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, w I was giving you the opportunity to, to speak up, but yeah, uh, so the this is probably the mechanic I like the best about the game because of the fact that, like you said, Chops, it, it, it takes an antiquated system, turns it on its head, and makes it interesting. So... The arrow system, or oh God, was it active? Res Autom automatic reaction. Yeah, order. there you go. Automatic reaction order. Um, so what happens is, is that anytime your opponent moves a model across line of sight of one of your models, you have an opportunity to take an action against that. Whether um, you, if it's something that's uh, so, there's camouflage in the game. So if there's a model running across the field that's camouflaged you can go, hey, I'm going to try and figure out what that is and remove that camouflage. Uh, you can try to do something like that. Or you can shoot at them as they're walking across the board. So it, it's a way to always keep each other engaged in the game, whether regardless if it's your turn or your opponent's turn, you're, you're always going to be able to get to do something. Now, there, if you're playing in a good way, um, you know, you're going to get you're going to go from train to train and not get be seen. So then you will have a little bit of lull there, but for the most part, the way that the game is designed and where you do your list building from what I've learned, you know, you want specific models that are just going to park in alleyways to just sit there and do nothing, but shoot arrows at your opponent. Yeah. They're ARO pieces. Yeah. yeah. And, and a side effect of the ARO system that I think is really fascinating is infinity is one of the most conversational war games I've ever played. Um, in that, like, even with standard alternating activation games, you're typically not talking to your opponent. You're letting them considering what they're doing. You, you know, you talk when you need to, but there's a conversation almost constantly in mm -hmm. Infinity because it both of it's in both of your vested interests to know where line of fire is, like who has line of sight to what, like, and you can't pre-measure. So you know, talking about 
what you've seen, what you've already shot, things that have happened. Like these conversations are happening constantly while you're playing the game and you're con and, and, and line of fire again is open information to all players at all times. Yep. Um, as is zone of control. So like, as long as you don't have an unrevealed model, as long as you've got a model that's revealed, you can say you like, do you have any models with zone of control right here? And a player has to tell you like, yeah, you just forgot that I had a guy hiding right here, but that guy does have a zone of control in that area. So, it, it keeps the game uh, very friendly. I think friendlier than most war games that I've played, at least with my opponents thus far. Yeah, and so, and so for people to understand... Uh, because of that ARO system. Oh, I was just going to go over the zone of control thing real quickly. So for Yeah, yeah, yeah. So zone of control, for people to know, is essentially it's a, it's a three... I think it's a three-inch bubble... Um, eight inch. Eight it's in, an eight inch cylinder it's an eight inch cylinder around your model but the cool thing about it because terrain matters so much in this game it's both uh linear and vertical so you that's right so it's that's both correct. up it's and down yeah yeah it's both up and down and all around your model which is very cool a lot of games don't do things like that so it's it's very cool in that instance Yep, and it, it matters for things like hacking and repeating and, and all sorts of stuff like that you actually that you know what the zone of control pillars are for the models that are in play. Uh, because there are certain abilities that allow you to take AROs even if you can't see somebody if they're in your if you, if they're in your zone of control. Uh, under the right circumstances, right? So uh, ARO is very, very cool. Um, and, and again, that, again, it makes it so that it's kind of always your turn as Chris hinted at, because you're going to be positioning your models so that as your opponent moves, they have to be considerate and, and take the, you know, understand what the risks are of moving into certain areas because of your ARO pieces that you have set up, be it your snipers or your bots that have heavy machine guns mounted to them or your units with like distance fire or even close fire around corners. Like if you have a shotgun that's watching a specific alleyway, your opponent is not going to get caught in it, right? They're not going to want to move into that alley that they know you have a shotgun pointed at. Um, and I will say that the, the activation style actually ties into force construction too. So we should start talking right about force construction um, and maybe a little bit about how your activation style ties in. So you have a, a thing called an order group in Infinity, uh, and your order groups can be 10 orders. Uh, so basically what an order is, is when it's your turn, you're allowed to spend your orders to make your troopers do actions. And you have, you have, there's lots of different kinds of orders. There's impetuous orders, irregular orders, regular orders. And I don't think we want to get bogged down in the minutia because we're already going to have a long episode just talking about the game. But suffice it to say that those orders can be spent. Like regular orders can be spent on any trooper. So if you have an order group of 10 models that's generating 10 regular orders, you could use one, you could use 10 orders on one model if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, but but also you can have multiple order groups and your troopers can only use the orders in the order pool for the order group they're in. So if you have an order group of seven and an order group of five, that order group that generates seven orders, those orders can only be used on those seven models. And when it's your turn, you get to, to use those orders. Yep, and then the, um, then the order pools are generated at the beginning of your turn. So if you have a dude that dies... Or goes unconscious, but then you you take a doctor and go res that dude, or make him not unconscious. You know, um, it, then it he doesn't, doesn't regenerate right. He order. doesn't generate orders that yep. turn. Yep. Yeah, you're only generating. So that's why uh, there's a concept of setting up offensively and setting up defensively, depending on if you're taking the first turn or not, because you don't want to take heavy losses and go into your first turn down a bunch of orders. Right. So there's also to talk about force construction in the, in the basis sense. So your standard game is uh, 300 points uh, and six support weapon cost or in the vernacular SWC. So you have 300 points and six SWC to spend on your list. Uh, SWC is generally uh, generated by your specialized weapons. So think heavy machine guns, uh, Spitfires, which is a pretty awesome mid-range gun a fower back uh or which is a i think literally means river of fire <laughs> uh, which is a, a long range sort of like rail magnetic style weapon uh and then uh 
rocket launchers and stuff like that also generate SWC. And the SWC is p- basically put into place so that you can't just take all dudes with rocket launchers. Right. It, like, it balance, it's a you're, balancing you're mechanism. Limited. Yep. It's a balancing mechanism for those heavier weapons. Um, so 300 points. And then what you want to figure is your scrubbest scrub units uh, are cheap. Your, they can get down to like four or five points. Your FUD FUDs. Uh, generally, I think... Yeah, I think your FUD FUDs, and that's your super FUD FUDs at that five to six point level. Uh, but then you can also have your standard sort of regular old boilerplate models, and, and those are going to average between, tw- I'd say, 12 and 20. Does that sound right to you guys? And then your specialist models, which cover that 20 to 30 range, and then 30 and up are your big boys, and your big, big boys start around 50 points, and then you also have tags, which are essentially piloted mechs, and those can get up to 90 and 100 points. Yeah, but, I mean, these guys are the ones that have... There's one in uh, the Combined Army that's like 140 or something like that. The Avatar or whatever? Yep. Yep. Yep, there's some some big ones. And so, in general, your lists... And I, I think the the gold standard and from what i understand in its missions is like 13 to 15 models so i think that's generally what you're shooting for um so you've got you think about it you've got a little bit of uh yeah, room and to add some 50 30 40 point models and then fill out your list with those cheaper guys um, but you have to be careful right because when you're generating your list you have to make you have lots of considerations um, and this is going to tie right into missions. So if you guys want to talk about missions a little bit, which missions have you guys played? Have you guys been sticking to the books? Are you using Comlog and using the, the ITS missions? What have you guys been doing? Uh, I used Comlog when I played. Uh, the first one we did was just a straight kill them, shoot them up uh, thing. We didn't do anything fancy. The next one we did... Um, we did the cards and so the, the, so the classified objectives. Yeah. We did, we did classified objectives with, uh, with, uh, uh, high value targets. Um, and the one we did had three armor, uh, basically depots in the middle of the, the battlefield. And essentially you, we each got two classified objectives. And then we also had the core objective where who, um, for you, you basically got points for every single time that you, were able to click on the armor depot uh and then that guy that gave you so every time you did that you know you would get points for that so whoever clicked the armor depots the most got you know would win that objective but the cool thing about that was um so because of the fact you're clicking on an armor depot you're getting armor or weapons and i had i think it was my i think i might orc i think an orc with a with a spitfire i think went up and he clicked on it and got plus uh, three to his armor. So he essentially became armor seven and just became a mobile tank, just walking across the battlefield and just killing everything. <laughs> it was awesome. That sounds like supplies. Yeah. I and that's know which one it is. Yeah. I think that's probably what it was, but then, yeah, we, then, then we had two classified objectives. I know mine, I had to get uh, a medic in contact uh, base to base with uh, one of uh, my opponent's, uh, unconscious models and then i can't remember what my other one was it, it doesn't matter too much I, I think the the point of the classified objectives just to talk about them is that there's a deck of them uh and there's different ways that the classified objectives come into play but the way that yours came into play is that you each drew two of them uh, and each of them was worth one objective point for finishing it. And the, the classified objectives are things that your opponent can try and guess at what you're trying to do, but they don't necessarily know what you're trying to do. Right. A very um, Malifaux kind of esque, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like your hidden schemes. Mm-hmm. And the reason these matter and the reason I brought this up and, and talked about why this ties into force construction is that like, as an example, those depots that you had in the middle, I bet not anybody could touch them. Right. You had to have, a specific kind or maybe certain kinds of troopers had bonuses when they were touching the buttons. Uh, I'm sure that probably that's how it was supposed to be played. I think Jesse <laughs> kind of let me get away with things because it was, it was a learner game, but yes, you I mean, typically you've got to have a specialist of some type uh, to be able to click on the buttons. Um, I, I guess the, the vernacular in the, in the community is button pushers. 
Um, so th- I think these are things. Well, there, like, and there's different kinds of specialists, right? Right. Like certain certain missions only engineers and doctors can touch the buttons. In some missions, you have to have like a specific nominated model as a data tracker, and then if you can touch it with the data tracker, you get bonus points. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely going to lead to. Man, I don't know how the tournament, um, the circuit that works for for Infinity, but I do know that it's a two list set up kind of like all a war machine uh where you get to bring the two list in but that's that's definitely going to make it to if it's hitting scenarios and objectives like you know malifo can uh tends to be in the tournament area you're not going to know what you're going to walk into so you're really going to have to build these like base vanilla all comers list to make sure that you've got no 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 that no. is not yeah because when, when, they, okay. when, ITS when people announce their tournaments yeah they tell you what scenarios Okay. So, and again, I'm yeah. not, and I'm not familiar with it. I, I do know that there yeah. was a tournament in, I think it's Southern, it's in Virginia. I think in the Panhandle of Virginia. That's the. It's only about four hours from here that a lot of the local guys are going to go to. Um, and so I was trying to look into information on it just to see, but I hadn't got around to it yet. So okay, so that makes that makes a little bit more sense that they do it that way. Uh, that way you can build so, your list. I like that idea. Then. So- yeah, so usually what happens is it's they announce how many rounds the tournament's going to be, and then they also announce the missions that are going to be played. So you don't necessarily know who you're going to be playing against or in what order you're going to be playing your missions and what round you're going to be playing them, but in general you know. So they'll be like, it's a three-round ITS tournament, and there are four possible missions. The missions are Biotech 4, Annihilation, Highly Classified, and Quadrant Control, right? And so when you know that, now you're like, all right, those are my four missions. What are the two lists that I can build? Give me the best chances at those four missions. Gotcha. And also... Chops for, chops for a second there, I thought you were like Kip from Maya Cast or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like a- announcing a random tournament. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and, and that ties into, I think, my favorite part of Infinity. Like, I love the list building in this game because I love, like, for example, I've, I, what I've been doing is, like, I'll pull up a mission. Like, I'm going to be playing Unmasking with one of my buddies. And so I look at Unmasking and I'm like, all right, what do I have to do in, in Unmasking? Like, what is what is the point of this mission? And the point of this mission is there are tons of things, right? There's three buttons in the middle that are things that they're consoles that you need to be able to activate. And you have to have specialists that can activate the consoles. You also have a designated target and you, you and your opponent both have one. And then it's like, can you kill your opponent's designated target? And can you kill it with your data tracker? Can you, can I kill my opponent's data tracker? And can they do all that to me? Yeah. Right. So it's because you basically what it is, is it in this, in unmasking, you nominate three, essentially three models uh, as what your your uh, designated target is, and your opponent has to figure out which one it is and kill it. Yeah, I, um, I, I, will, I will say that with this, like, and I think we'll get into it, like, this game has so many layers. So many layers, and it's and it's layers in front of the game, it's layers during the game, it, it's just, it's, it's an ogre, it's an onion, yeah, it is. It is one <laughs> hell of an onion, sir. There's a lot. If there's anything you take away, I guess from this conversation is that Infinity is a lot, but it's a good a lot. It's not a bad a lot. It like, can the be, more the more I get into it, the more I like it. It, it can be daunting for a, for a new player and, and for someone that's just looking at the game of like, hey, maybe I'll try this. Uh, I I think it could be a lot and maybe could even probably scare some people away. And, and if you're one of those people, like stick with it. Trust me. Like, uh, yeah, I did not stick with it. See, that's where that's where that's where I am with the game. Like, I'm still overwhelmed by it. Like, I know I know Chops is sitting here talking about you know going through list building, and and I'm like, I don't even understand the game well enough to even be thinking about effective list. Well, then what I mean, what like, my recommendation right is now. is look at one thing, right? So pick a mission that you want to play with your opponent and. And I can even recommend what some of the easier ones are based on what I've looked at. Like highly classified, as an example, is a really good first mission. Look at how 
highly classified works and then think about what you need to like what kind of models you may need to uh, to do that mission and then just play that mission so talk to jesse or somebody in the local community and say hey i want to play highly classified can you help me build my list and i'll look at your list so that we have a little bit of open information because in a normal game of infinity you don't know what your opponent's bringing like they bring you a courtesy list you have no idea what their camouflage models are you don't know but if you have a local player who's a friend i guarantee you they will be open to the idea of working with you to make sure you're not building a shit list uh and and building it to a specific mission and after you've done that one or two or three times, I guarantee you'll feel more confident going into building lists for specific missions. Yeah, we have a so the our our infinity group here, I guess, is rebuilding. I know it used to be pretty big uh, when I first uh, moved here, but um, so they've they've started a Discord, and I actually got on a on a chat with one of the guys today on the Discord, and him explaining some things like because I just so I'm you know I'm playing military orders that brings a thing called sectorials, uh, which are basically more hyper themed uh, armies within a faction. So like Pano's got uh, the Akon, they've got the Varuna, they've got military orders, which is what I'm playing, um, and then they've got Neoterra. So you know there's four sub factions within a faction. And you get access to these things called fire teams, which are are a way for you to group your individual guys into a, a unit to make you more order efficient. Um, but it, it's so daunting to figure out how to do that. And I got lucky today that I, you know, we have such a good group here. That guy spent the time and helped me figure out, okay, what is a Harris do, uh, fire team? What is a core fire team? What is a duo fire team? And then even other factions have more fire teams that they are specific to their factions. So finding that group, finding that person that will sit down and help you is, is key in this game. I think when you're a newcomer and that opened my eyes to help me like, okay, I'm looking at my list building very different now because now I kind of understand the fire teams. I'm no expert by any means, but I think I at least have a grasp of it now. Awesome. And yes, all, all of that, yes. And it, again, right there, there's so many layers because now I got to figure out, you know, specifically, okay, what kind of what kind of operatives do I want to bring? Do I want to bring hackers? Do I want to bring a medic? Do I want to bring uh, forward observers? You know, what what am I bringing in? Do I want this model? It's just how do you support Joan? What fire are you going to take Joan in a core fire team so she has a higher like better shooting abilities? Are you bringing yeah? Like, there's just so many questions even inside of your specific yep. uh, sectorial. It's crazy. It, it, it is. It is. It's it's layers upon layers, and I think when you when a person grasps it and understands it, I think it's just going to open up a whole world of infinity and, and, and those layers become very succinct and you are going to have an, a good, a better understanding and be able to play that game to a completely different level. Once you understand that. Right. And, and just like any, like think of it, a video game with a high skill cap, right? Like a dark souls or league of legends or whatever, right? Any, any video game that's got a high skill cap, as soon as you get over that initial hurdle, the game opens up in a way that is much more easier to manage. It's just that that initial hill is pretty steep. Yep. Um, yep. And that's, and that's where I am. I'm just, I'm climbing I'm that hill, struggling up that hill. I'll get there. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'll get there. I'm not stressed about it. Like I don't expect to go in and, you know, suddenly, but the, the whole point of like talking about ass, missions but... here was, was to basically get to the idea that there are, uh, over a dozen of these ITS or uh, Infinity Tournament system um, missions, and all of them, considering what you're doing, and considering are you going to go first or second, and considering what are your opponents playing, just present a cavernous amount of depth. That like the replayability of this game is immense. Um, because you're going to go back to the drawing board and rebuild your list if you get stomped. Uh, and you're like, okay, what did I do wrong? How could I build my list better for that mission? Try again. And and your opponent's probably not going to bring the same list either, so it's going to be a fun, what the hell am I doing each time you come to the table? Uh, and it's great. Yeah, I, I will say uh, I've had two games in. Um, my this go around of playing Infinity, and I've not won a single game. And I'm enjoying it. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it getting shit stomped, I think, is just part of the initial part of this game. That's like any 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 war game, though, right? Like Malifaux, it's probably like three or four months before I won a game. It's just how it goes. Um, and I had to pick like a really tricky sectorial to start playing, too. So it's going to probably be a while before I can reliably win a game at all. Yeah, apparently um, I picked a, a tough one to learn with. Yeah, both of us did. Because your, yours is he- heavily elite and mine is heavily tricks. Um. Yeah, see, that's my thing with the combined army. I, I got into the Onyx, uh, you know, advanced force, and that was more uh, pretty heavily elite, elite stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, huh, I, yep. I I barely figured out how to get ten orders in. <laughs> yeah, it can be tough with them because they're high. Oh, there's a, a ten orders is pretty average, I think, for Onyx. Um, or you know, or yeah. military and, and orders. I mean, they're basically they're basically the best the best from the other three sections you know right the best from best shazvasti best morats best exactly yep um all right so getting into i think what paul's favorite part of any war game is is that's the the resources that you have to manage um yeah and in my opinion and i could be wrong and i could be missing something here um but i think there are there's in game there's two resources to manage i think you could argue to your points in swc as a thing you have swc specifically is mm-hmm. a resource to manage because what what you use for the mission like do you need snipers is it better to have rockets is it better to have a couple hmgs right like what are you going to spend your swc on for the mission that's a that's a resource but also your orders and your command tokens um, we haven't talked about command tokens at all, but just to go back to orders, we talked about it during force construction, right? You really need to think about what's the mission you're trying to do. Like I'm going into X mission and I'm bringing this army. How many orders am I going to need at minimum to get my objectives done? Regardless of what my opponent does, how many orders do I realistically need to get my specialists into place? And then you have to think about building your list around getting that many orders and then some extras because shit always goes wrong. Right. Yeah. To me, so to me that's, that's a resource. The, that's, that's also the true turn one. Yeah. Shit <laughs> yeah, going sure. wrong? <laughs> well, no, but building your yes. list correctly. And to me, this game is it's, it does it like no other one does. So that's why I say that that is the true turn one of, for this game. Yeah, yeah, building your building the the right list for the mission is your turn one for sure, um, and then managing those orders right, like actually using the orders effectively is like a very complicated dance. Like it and it it turns your individual models into a resource, unlike most war games, because of the fact that you can just unload orders into a single unit, right? It really makes the orders themselves a resource to manage. And I think that's fascinating because normally we don't think of like activations in a game like Malifaux as resources because every model gets uh, uh, an activation, right? So it's not so much that the activations are resources to spend because every model only gets one. Um, But in this game, you have as many orders are as in your order groups order pool and you can spend them however the fuck you want if they're regular orders um so that's resource one and then resource two is command tokens and boy command tokens in this game like if you're a 40k player and you're thinking command tokens in 40k no uh the the command tokens in 40k are it's cool right they're they do cool stuff in that game but it's nowhere near as flexible a system as the core like you really have to think about how you're going to use your command tokens in this game because you get four of them and i'm just going to go over a couple of the things you can do with them so one of the things you can do with a command token is a coordinated order and with a coordinated order you're going to nominate four troopers and then those four troopers can all take the same activation right so like a basic activation in infinity might be a move and attack so two short skills one move one ballistic skill to shoot and you can nominate your four models and they all have to do the same thing and it could be move move right so they could all move move um and that's huge because it's super order efficient you're essentially turning one command token and one order into four orders. So that's huge. 
Uh, we Potter talked a little bit about link teams. Now, link teams don't need uh, don't need to spend coordinated orders to move together. They just get to. They nominate a, a, a team leader, and then they get to move for that turn. And they again, they all do the same thing, except for it's really only one model that can shoot in a link team. Now, link teams can also break, uh, but you can spend a command token for the second thing to reforge a link. So if you want to reforge a link, you can do that with a command token. Another thing you can use with a command token is when your opponent's starting and they're counting up their orders, you can use one of your command tokens to just be like, nah, -uh, just lose two of those orders. So you can basically force your opponent to be down two orders in one of their order groups. Uh, another thing you can do is you can take irregular orders. Irregular orders in this game are orders that have to be used for a specific unit. So if you have a, a model that generates irregular orders or in you're in a case called loss of lieutenant in this game where all of your guys are generating irregular orders, you can use a command token to flip an irregular order over to a regular order so it can be used on anyone. And that's just a few examples. I know I'm missing some of the things that you can do with command tokens, but they are an invaluable resource and spending them quote unquote correctly is a huge part of playing the game well. Yeah, and see so we haven't we haven't explored into using command tokens at all yet in any of my games. Oh, man. You got to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I'm, so I'm, cool. I'm assuming that we will. I, I mean, I think I think Jesse's been doing a really good job of like kind of easing me into yeah, learning, this, you know, the, the core rules, yep. specific rules. He's done a really as much as much crap as I give him about just taking these like push all in lists that he's taking against me. He's doing a really good job of, of teaching the core mechanics. And I've I've really appreciated it. Good. And, and you'll get into using command tokens. Now, me describing them, uh, does that make you excited to start using them? Yeah. And the, the cool thing is, since I know I'm going to be taking Joan, um, you know, with her, she's got an ability uh, where I basically don't have to worry about models that generate irregular uh, orders because she just turns all order irregular orders into regular orders. Regular orders. Right. Which is neat. Because she's just amazing apparently um, yeah she's a an absolute shit stomping beast um you know what you, now that i'm sort of done talking about uh resources to manage we haven't talked about the setting of infinity at all uh we've been talking about the game for like an hour almost um so just to give people who don't know a thing about Infinity, I'll you know give a speech that I should have given at the top of the show. So Infinity is uh, not quite far future sci-fi game. I think it's like 180 or 190 years in the future, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's right like, around there. Yeah, future, but not like ultra, ultra far. Uh, but we have managed space travel and gotten pretty far out into space. Um, and so there Epstein are multiple... Epstein drives, right? So it's <laughs> that's, that's for you book nerds out there. There, yeah. uh, and I guess some TV nerds now. Anyway, the uh, the the that is the MacGuffin, and the other main MacGuffin in this game is that there is a way to store your consciousness on a cube, um, so that you can be effectively resurrected. And and as we're talking about Joan, we're literally talking about Joan of Arc. Um, who has been created based on historical understandings and records of Joan of Arc uh, to lead these specific religious troops of Pan-Oceania. Um, but really, you have to know they're, they're, they, we don't talk about superpowers anymore on Earth. We talk about the hyperpowers, uh, of which I think it's considered three hyperpowers, right? So mm -hmm. you've got Pan-Oceania, you've got Hakislam, and you've got Yujing. Correct. Uh, Yujing being most of Asia... Uh, Pan-Oceania being Europe, uh, and then uh, Hakislam or True Islam uh, being the space Muslims, which are in one of the most awesome factions in the game. Um, and those My three third. factions are the ones that control most of the 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 uh, most of the stuff. The U.S. is bankrupt and fucked um, after the world went to shit, basically. And and there's lots of human. Uh, lots of human settlements. Uh, and there's also uh, a cool, the cool faction we haven't talked about, Ariadna. Uh, so Ariadna was one of the biggest and most, most expensive 
trips in humans, like our fledgling voyages into space. And it went through a wormhole and then the wormhole promptly closed and collapsed behind it. So it was sort of lost in space for a while. Um, and that's why the U.S. went bankrupt, as did most of the countries that followed them on the Ariadne mission. Yeah, that was what uh, but then it, Russia, America, Scotland. Right. I yep. Think those France. Are, France. There you go. That was the other one. Yep. Uh, parts of France, anyway. Um, but so that that's um, that's the Ariadne mission, and that's where that faction comes from. So when you look at the Ariadne faction in the game of Infinity, they're a little bit lower tech because they were sort of lost in space and stranded and they got left behind some of the other more, you know, flashy tech that came out after the wormhole collapsed. Um, so when you're thinking about infinity, you're thinking about, uh, futuristic warfare. And that was, I think the, the necessary thing to talk about the settings. We didn't talk about the fact that this is a science fiction game at all, but it definitely is. Yeah, and, uh, and the fluff and is Ch great. And Chops loves the uh, the lore just a little bit. I do. I do. Yeah, and I I think I I botched a little bit of that because it's been a while since I started reading it. Um, but some of the newest fiction is so good. Yeah, so, so good. I I, I think we could do a whole because I've started I've started like watching YouTube videos where people have like been reading and going over the lore, and it's just yeah, I'm I'm all in on this lore. This it's great. It's really good, uh, and essentially the the main the main plot device of the game is that there is a, an alien uh, think an alien hegemony. If you think about the uh, the bad guys, the Covenant from the Halo video game series, you're not far off. Um, they're called the Combined Army, and the Combined Army follow uh, an enhanced intelligence or EI, which is a we would like think of it as an AI uh, that sort of guides and shapes this uh, hegemony of uh, various alien species. And they've just come into our area, our galaxy, which we call the human sphere. And they, they right now want to have humanity join the combined uh, hegemony and we are not into it, or the Ur hegemony, and we are not into it. We do not want to become part of the combined army, but the way the EI works is assimilate or die, motherfuckers. It's the board. So, yep. So we are either basically fighting for our survival, and in in the game right now, the combined are trying to figure out wormholes to be able to push faster and uh, easier into the human sphere. And most of what you have in this game are political skirmishes between the hyperpowers or border skirmishes at the edge of the human sphere with the combined army. I think that's a good rundown. So, yeah. So if all that lore sounds cool to you, man, this game has lots of cool shit to read. Uh, and I would even recommend just buying some lore for the game to get into it that way, yeah. if that's interesting to you. I mean, I mean, you also got, you know, you got so many other factions in there. We've got, you know, cyberpunk outcasts. We've got, you know, a AI, uh, faction that's, you know, been able to make cybernetic bodies. We've got police cops that just came space cops that just came out. So there, there are a lot of different other factions that chops yeah. isn't even touching on because it would take a whole episode. Oh, yeah. well, exactly. I didn't even talk about the nomads. Right. And the nomads are basically the, there's, there's one big artificial intelligence called Aleph that sort of governs the human sphere and the nomads are the humans that were like, you know what? Fuck Aleph. We don't want anything to do with that thing. We don't trust it. We're out of here. Um, and they have their own badass faction where they basically, if you think about like the Eldar craft worlds, they have sort of three world ships that all have rad names that like Tunguska, Bakunin and Corregidor. Uh, and then the, those things are, are the, like the governing bodies over the nomad fleet. And they're awesome too, man. They have a really, really cool faction and probably the coolest models in the game. If you're going to oh. start looking at infinity because you want to see cool models, start with nomads. I mean, Their models are all insanely cool. I made the mistake of, of do it looking at nomad models the other night. And now I want a third faction. <laughs> Yep, yeah, they well, would definitely join the club, be man. Just faction. join the club. I, I, I'm, yep. I'm right. trying join not to. I'm trying. I, I need. I need heat. Um, it's getting cold in yeah, North it's Carolina. Taken, it's, <laughs> it's it's taking everything in my being not to start buying Tunguska models for sure. Um, anyway, uh, so that's the the lore of Infinity. The 
the only the, a couple things we haven't talked about yet. So one of the things to mention, this game's played on a four by four surface. Um, so it's a you know pretty big table, but also there is a terrain requirement here. Um, as you can imagine, this is far future games. Guns shoot clear across the table. Um, they aren't always effective clear across the table, but you can shoot basically from one side to the other with a lot of guns. Uh, and because of that, you need a shitload of terrain, especially because every time you move a model, you're like, hey, buddy, can any of your guys see my guys? Oh, shit, I guess we're shooting at each other now. <laughs> like, you really need a lot of terrain. Uh, and I up to the point where I don't think it's, it, there, we talk about the train being the third player in war games a lot, and there isn't a game where it's truer than this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're it, it's like good form to come to a game and have some type of terrain to be able to contribute to the table. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we're we're talking like seventy percent board coverage. It's you need massive. A fuck ton of terrain. Yep. You need a lot. Lots of covering terrain, lot like lots of line of sight blocking, lots of scatter. Because most models, you're, it, well, I'll say the average move in this game is four inches, uh, and that means uh, and a model with an order token can do two short movement skills. And the the average movement profile is four four, which means they can move four inches on their first movement skill, four inches on the second, and a really fast model is six four. So models you know, at most are going like 10 inches. Yeah. Which is, and, and being able to just be able to be like, Hey, here's three orders. Uh, you know, they can, they can move 30 inches. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's Joan yeah, and, right there again. And again, moving that far is risky because you're not moving that far without going into someone's lane of fire. So you got to think about throwing smoke grenades or, having your own pieces so that you can walk in and effectively kill the model. That's going to be AROing you. Like there's just lots of stuff you have to do. Um, yeah. So terrain, big deal. Um, and I think that covers the base part of infinity. Do you guys have any other things you wanted to talk about the game? Uh, just as a, the, the base overview for our listeners. No, I think that covers it. Cause uh, at least for me, because we talked about AROs and, and orders and, and, objectives and button pushing uh yep. which to me and kind of is is that's that's kind of where my experience at this point is kind of yeah. maxing out cool all right and, and just to go a little bit deeper so that the, we can give some context to the next part because i want to talk about the future of infinity uh that being two things that are coming out this year the first being code one and the fourth being n4 um, just to talk about N4 for a second. So right now we are playing the third in, third edition of Infinity, which is colloquially known as N3. Uh, N4 will be the fourth edition of Infinity. Um, so that's coming out later this year, Gen Con August range. Uh, and then additionally, we're going to be getting something at Adepticon called Code 1. And so Code 1 is... Anything when we don't really know, it could be a demo mode for infinity. It could be a specific rule set for the operation boxes. I don't think anyone outside of Corvus belly actually knows it's all speculation at this point, but a lot of signs point to the fact that it's a small way to play infinity that makes it easy for newcomers to come in, play games, get games in before they're ready to step into the full rule set. Which I, I think that's something that, that's needed. I mean, I think the reason why I'm enjoying the game right now is because I know that Code 1 is coming. And I know mm -hmm. that N4 is coming. And they're going to be slimming down the rule set. Because this game is bulky. There are a lot of rules. I mean, it, for, for people that are longtime listeners, you know, we talked about Wild West Exodus with a lot of its rules bulk when we were, when we were into that game. And th this game takes it up to 11. In, in my opinion, and that was one of the things that drew me away once my you know JSA army got crushed the first time I started playing this two years ago. So I, I think what's and, and he means literally, yeah, crushed, literally crushed. Not, it, like, like he played them and got crushed. No, no, no. Like my models were physically destroyed um, by an accident that happened with my car. Uh, but uh, I, I think knowing that the end force coming knowing that something like this is coming is going to be good for bringing new people in the game it's going to be good for people to look at it that always thought it was a bit daunting and i think it's something that the game needs to to bring in that lifeblood 
Yep. And for anybody who's been listening to this and has been is saying to themselves, you know, it doesn't sound that bad, you guys. Well, I'm just going to read you. We talk about one profile for one unit. Its special skills are martial arts, level four, camouflage, colon, mimetism, forward deployment, level one, kinematica, level one, no wound incapacitation. So, like, think about the words that I just said. And understand that because I said martial arts level four, that implies there's at least three other levels of martial arts underneath it. And when I said camouflage colon mimetism, that means there are at least two kinds of camouflage. And in spoiler alert, there's a lot more than two. Um, and every one of those is a nested rule or maybe not nested, but they, they add additional functionality that may or may not combined with the upper or lower levels. So there is a fucking lot going on here. And I don't want anybody to think otherwise um, because, and, and that's that when Paul's talking about that initial climb up the hill, it's just coming to grips with a lot of what all the models can do. Yep. It is. It has taken me a lot of research to understand any of the words that you just said. Um, if this was not maybe like a week ago, <laughs> I would have been like, uh, it's all Greek to me. Huh? Yeah. I, I, the yeah. Only, the uh, I think there was even one that you mentioned in that list that I learned about today because Joan of Arc has that rule. <laughs> Mimetism or kinematica? Uh, no, I know. Probably kinematica. Uh, no, I knew what kinematica means because the, uh, my father knight has kinematica level one. And I know what mimetism yeah. is because my sniper has mimetism. It was the, the other one that started with an L. Um, I don't remember. Well, was, martial well, arts? It, martial arts level four, no wound incapacitation. No, that's what it was, the no wound the, the no wound incapacitation. No wound incapacitation. Because Joan has cool. that. Yeah, and I looked so it up veteran. today. I was like, yeah. what the hell is that? And so I went and looked it up. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so that, it's, it's, that's actually a subskill of valor. Right. So that's that, that no wound incapacitation is actually valor level three. I just didn't want to get into that because I was already ridiculous what I was talking about. Yeah. Right. Because um, then there's there's dogged and yeah. Yeah. There's, right. there's that's where it exactly. starts to get crazy. There's there's a lot in the game. Yep, and, and I think a lot. And I think in four is going to help clean that up. But I, I don't think it's going to nearly get it to the level that I feel it probably should get to. But I think that if they took too also, much of a Chris, drastic step, it would be just too much. Yeah, and Chris, if you're not afraid of that model that I just <laughs> described, you should be. Oh. Paul has one. I won't tell you what it is, so you can be surprised. Well, yeah, I mean, I heard martial arts level four. I'm already afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, martial arts level four, mimetism, and kin kinematica, and floor de forward deployment. And what I didn't mention is that it has CC21. Scary as hell, that model. Yeah, I'm gonna, anyway. The only way I'm going to survive is throw Joan into it. It's, it's pretty funny, though, Chops. As you were reading that, I was like... I have a guy that has that. I have a guy that yeah. has that too. I think I have this guy. <laughs> it, it is. It's. It is that guy. It's definitely that guy. Anyway, you even pulled out his movement stat earlier when you were talking. Yeah. Yep. I sure did. It. I've. I've been looking at that profile as a reference the whole time we've been talking. Anyway. Uh, uh, Spitfire or. Uh... What weapons that one got? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it depends, right? It could be a Spitfire. It could be a K1 combi rifle. It could be a yeah. boarding shotgun. Who yeah. knows? Could just be a hacker. Uh, <sighs> anyway, um, <laughs> so this is, again, Infinity. It's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And that, and then we haven't even talked about the fact that the, there's weapons. And some of the weapons have, like, you could, so you could have a sniper rifle, but you could also have a multi-sniper, which means you have a sniper rifle with different kinds of ammo that can do different kinds of things, and you declare that before you shoot. And holy shit, there's a lot. It's just a lot. Um, but again, it, 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 it's one of those things that, like, if you have the, the, I guess, the drive to learn it, it becomes the kind of thing where you become obsessed with it. Like when I first started playing world of Warcraft and I didn't understand all the systems inside of world of Warcraft. And I spent hours on Wowhead and like talking to guild members and all that stuff about how all these systems tie together. It's that similar sense of discovery and that sense of discovery will propel you through the learning process. I found that a lot of the learning for me has happened outside of games because I've just been fascinated by diving down rabbit holes around lists that I can build with my units. Um, so if you have the desire to play the game, your desire to play the game will pull you through the learning. You just have to commit to wanting to learn the game. 
I agree with that. I, I've done a lot of... I don't know if I've been doing list building, but I've li- profile research and looking at rules and, and... Oh, you'll get there. Yeah, no, I mean... I, I, <laughs> you're, I, you're like a week away. Yeah, and I, I think so. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I might be two weeks because I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it out this week. But I I'm, I'm definitely know that I'm going... I'm definitely going to be there eventually because um, I, I, I feel I like I'm at the, I'm at, I feel like I'm at the starting line right now. Two weeks from now, Chris, you'll be able to differentiate all your military orders guys by their symbol in list building. <laughs> That's still tough. <laughs> trust, that is still trust tough. Me, trust me. I've got one. Or, I've got one or two down. <laughs> I've got one. Trust or two me. Down. I know. All, I know. I know. Eighty percent of the Shazvasti symbols on by sight. Uh, I know. But, I know um, Jones. And I, <laughs> I know. Yeah, and it I was can funny do that with a bunch of the combined. The yeah, and it was guys. funny because at first I was like, "Why do they have all these symbols? It's so annoying." But then as soon as you realize, you can start to have like instant recognition of what a unit is by the the symbol. It becomes very obvious why they do that, and they look cool anyway. Infinity Boy Code One. The reason we're excited about Code One is because of all that shit we just said sounded like way too much and a lot. It's because it is a lot, and Code One is going to hopefully give players a much easier path into the game. Yep. Than having to just initially step into this vertical learning curve. Plus a new sectorial for Pano. Yeah. Well, two new sectorials. Two new. Yep. The Yujing one is new too. Yep. Yep. It's both. Uh, well, it's so, it's 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 giving a sectorial to models that Pano and Eugene already had, but now they're getting a full sectorial behind it, and Pano is getting Space Vikings. Yes. Yes. I think they're both cold themed. Yes. Both of them are uh, both cold are, weather themed. Yep. And because I, I think it's uh, the planet that it's going to be taken on is the Savala planet. Svalharima. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, and the N4 we talked about a little bit. That's the next edition of Infinity. So I think we're at final thoughts for Infinity. Um, Man, I really love this game. I wish I had only ever played this game because my miniature collection would probably be all Infinity models. I don't. I, I think because of when I found it, at least until N4 or Code 1 comes out, I'm not going to make that commitment because I'm deeply attached to too many of the games that I'm playing now. Uh, but also, I think I'll be playing Infinity for as long as Infinity is around going forward. Um, if it's not going to become my main game, it will be my number two game probably forever. I mean, I sort of hinted at it the last time we were talking, right? Like it, it's and it. My thirst to play the game hasn't changed. It's just like finding time to play it because of the fact that I'm that's running a, Marvel Crisis Protocol in the area and being committed to that, right? Like I just, I'm not ready to give that up because uh, I'm start, just starting to cross that hump into a real community. Um, and I want to keep that community going, but if I'm looking for other games and it's not on a Wednesday, it's going to be infinity. Like that's what I want to play. So there it is. That's my final thought. Yeah. It's a, the, uh, my, my final thought is, uh, if you've ever seen the meme of Ralph Wiggum, Wiggum sitting on the bus, um, that's kind I'm of in danger. Right now, yeah. I'm like, hee hee, I'm in yeah. danger. I'm in it's, danger. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. pretty much me yep. at the moment. So, yeah. And the funny thing is, is you've not even gotten a lot of games in because you've, you've taken that break, you know, these last two weeks. But the fact that you're keeping to the level yeah. of excitement that you're at, that you've now are on your third faction. <laughs> I, I, look, look, I said it before. And I'll say it again. I've just been waiting for it to cycle back around. Let's just hope that the podcast doesn't become three men and a cube Jaeger uh, coming up soon. Because <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> I mean, who's to say that we don't start another cast? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, anyway, Infinity is really good. It's a very good game. Uh, and people in the local community around me will know, like, based on having seen me play Infinity on a couple Wednesdays, like how like happy and exhausted I look after a game of infinity. Uh, it's just such a good game. Anyway, that's it. Uh, that's my final thought. Chris needs a final thought. Yep. Chris needs one. Uh, my final thoughts are, um, I'm all in 
uh, obviously I've got a second faction and I've only played two games. Um, <laughs> peasant. Yeah, right. Peasant. I'm so yeah. Sorry. You've gotten one game in and you've gone three. I know I, I suck here. Um, but no, I mean, it's, I'm excited for the future of the game. I'm excited what it's going to bring. Uh, I, I wish I had not had my army physically crushed the first time and had stuck with it. Uh, I definitely think that I would probably be on my sixth faction probably by now. Uh, had I stuck around with it. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is bulky, but it's once you learn it. And I think that's what everybody's always told me is like, once you start doing stuff and you get the repetitive, like you'll know what a Spitfire does. You'll know what a, what this does. You'll know it's just, it will become innately because everybody's yeah. got it. So you're not only doing it, your opponent's doing it and you're just going to get those reps hearing it that way and i i'm i'm happy i'm happy with what i've played with so far paul it's your turn to take us out uh all right so uh thanks to all of our patrons thanks to static city for the music at the top and bottom of the show uh come hang out on our discord because it's amazing and uh thanks for listening